0: It's Wednesday, June 15th. I'm Pam Jones. A show of support for the Baltimore County School Superintendent currently under fire. Baltimore's City Council introduces resolutions to deal with the city's vacant property problem. The expert we've all come to know and turn to for guidance these last two years on COVID-19 has now tested positive himself. And Baltimore City's new Director of LGBTQ Affairs says inclusion and accountability are among their top priorities. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID 19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. The latest COVID numbers from Maryland show a decline in both hospitalizations and the positivity rate. In the last 24 hours, the number of those in area hospitals stood at 382, with a seven-day average positivity rate of 7.93%. There are now 1,144 new confirmed cases and eight more deaths. The hopeful news many parents of young children have been awaiting. An advisory panel to the FDA has voted unanimously to recommend that the agency authorize the Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccines for very young children. The long-awaited news could clear the way for regulators to greenlight both pediatric vaccines on an emergency basis later this week. The FDA has said that clinical trial data from the companies shows that each vaccine met the criteria for safety and effectiveness effectiveness in the age group. An infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has tested positive for COVID-19. Dr. Fauci, who is also chief medical advisor to President Biden, is said to be having mild symptoms and will be working from home during the isolation period. Baltimore County school superintendent was defended by state officials, union leaders, and others at Tuesday night school board meeting. Darrell Williams is under fire from a majority of the members of the county council over what they see is his lack of leadership. WIPR's John Lee reports.
1: Five council members want the school board to launch a nationwide search for a possible replacement for Superintendent Williams. They list problems like teaching vacancies, poor bus service, and declining student achievement. But Tuesday night, the school board heard from others who countered Williams as being blamed for problems happening nationwide. Omar Rashid, a former student member of the school board, says now is not the time to change leadership. Today, more than ever, our students and staff need stability. And we are just starting to see some of that right now. Rashid says he's never met someone as eager and happy to serve all of the county's students as Williams. The superintendent has requested a meeting with council members. That will take place on Thursday. John Lee, WIPR News.
0: An investigation continues into an early morning three-alarm fire that destroyed five homes in South Baltimore. Firefighters were called to the 3,600 block of South Hanover Street and found flames engulfing the homes. Officials say four of the homes are vacant and a fifth was occupied. There were no injuries reported. Legislation is being considered in the Baltimore City Council that is aimed at reducing the problem of vacant buildings around the city. Council President Nick Mosby and Councilwoman Odette Ramos are sponsoring two bills aimed at addressing the issue. Under one measure for each day an owner of a vacant building fails to fix the problem of an unsafe structure. The property owner would face a $1,000 fine. Another measure would require building owners to pay for emergency services if their property catches fire. The legislation comes months after three firefighters were killed in a vacant house fire in the 200 block of Stricker Street in West Baltimore. Baltimore authorities are looking into a pair of possible hate crimes. Two homes in the 300 block of East 31st Street caught fire this morning. Police say both homes had pride flags and decor. They say at least three people were badly hurt. Two homes were destroyed and four homes on the block were damaged. Mayor Brandon Scott is calling on anyone with information to come forward. The Anne Arundel County Council passed a $2.2 billion budget for the coming fiscal year Tuesday by a 6-to-1 margin. WIPR's Joel McCord reports.
1: The budget holds the property tax rate the same as in previous years, 93 cents per $100
0: of assessed valuation. It cuts the income tax rate for those making less than $50,000 a year and increases spending on the county schools by $50 million. That includes raises for teachers and hiring and retention bonuses for school bus drivers. County Executive Stuart Pittman said in a news conference today he
1: was thrilled by the bipartisan passage with only a few changes in his original proposal.
0: It's probably one of the highlights of the four years in office to see our county council come together in a bipartisan way and adopt an agenda that really truly does respect the local institutions of government in this county.
1: The lone vote against the
0: budget came from Jessica Hare, a South County Republican who is seeking her party's nomination to oppose Pittman in November. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News. Governor Larry Hogan visited the University of Maryland Eastern Shore on Tuesday to tour the new School of Pharmacy and Health Professions. It will bring all of the university's pharmacy and health programs into one building instead of being scattered among several facilities. Maryland invested nearly $100 million in the project. Students will begin using the facility next semester. We're smack in the middle of LGBTQ Pride Month, but after the celebrations are over this month and all the fanfare that goes along with it, the LGBTQ community and their advocates say the question of equity, the fight to be seen and heard in all aspects of society will continue. In a special segment of On the Records, Pass the Mic this week, LGBTQ advocate and educator Jabari Lyles grabs the mic. Lyles was formerly the director of LGBTQ affairs in the Baltimore mayor's office, the first to hold the position. Lyles brings us this conversation with London Smith DeRishlia, Baltimore City's new director of LGBTQ affairs. She is the first openly transgender person to be appointed to the mayor's
1: cabinet. One of the first things that I would love to work on um, is building cultural competency and cultural humility across city agencies, departments, and quasi-government agencies. I think that that's the key. We, I, I am an employee of Baltimore City residents. I, I work for you. You know, I work for the residents of this city, and I want to make sure that when you come into our spaces, that we are practicing the best protocols and best practices, not only for, uh, for the employees, but also for residents and you know citizens who come into the agencies and they come into the spaces. And so, I want to build in a component around cultural humility. And one of the other things um, that I was focusing on is dealing with law enforcement Mm -hmm. and um, how they handle LGBTQ related crimes, you know, how they dispatch to incidences, how they get the data back to us. And, you know, I also want the the LGBTQ uh, liaison from the police department to be a person who is able to find out about incidents that, that occur in community, be able to report to some of the the nonprofits in the in the areas, so that we can help them to dispatch resources to the victims and their families mm-hmm. when necessary.
0: Darishelia says it's also important for the office to collect data to share with that community at large, so they can identify safe and unsafe spaces for them in the city.
1: You shouldn't be on the corner of blase blah and blase blah around, you know, or this person is a person of interest who has been, you know dealing with community and, you know, particularly we want to keep it real, say trans, black trans women, right? We know there's an epidemic of violence against black trans women. Mm -hmm. We, you know, the cases often go cold. We never know what happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you hear the, you know, someone is killed, you know, we have a vigil, we cry, we're upset, and then it's just forgotten about. And it's like we don't have the information to move forward. And it's like we want people in community for one to feel comfortable enough to be able to come back and tell, you know, hey, this is what happened. And then two, we want to be able to disseminate that information back out into communities so they know where is it's safe.
0: Jabari Lyles asked the city's new director of LGBTQ affairs to speak to holding those in power accountable when members of their community
1: are harmed. You know, government has had a history of violence for our community. And so we have to help the government understand that and hold them accountable and also play on their team at the same time. So my allegiance is obviously it has to be to both right to the people and to the office but what I what I realize is that my allegiance should be to the government because the government should be working for the people mm-hmm. and I work for the people so we should be already in coordination mm. together so it should be that I you know allegiance to one should be allegiance to the other You know, you want to have allegiance to the government, but if the government is not really trained on cultural mobility and understands the needs and issues of the people that I am, you know, specifically here to service the LGBTQ constituency, I think it's important that we train them so that when they are in spaces that I'm not available and around, that they can hold others accountable and they know what holding, you know, policy accountable looks like. And, you know. I think that that is the ultimate key, is training them beyond pronouns, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're more than pronouns, again, as we, we've stated before.
0: That was Jabari Lyles, LGBTQ advocate and educator, interviewing London smith Derishlia, a Baltimore City's new director of LGBTQ affairs, for a special Pass the Mic Pride segment of On the Record. Lyles also spoke with Legacy Forte of Be More Black and other guests. You can hear the entire interview at WIPR.org. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, reporters Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Jekina Collier. Our digital news editor is Kristen Mossbrucker. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.